So thanks for uh, coming on, Mark. So mm -hmm. I first um, learned about you from the Smoking Tires channel about your uh, Audi R8 that you swapped that yourself into a manual yeah. from a uh, R-Tronic. And um, also became a big fan of your YouTube channel, how you, you. Uh, made an entire playlist of a step-by-step -step guide of how to do it. So can you go into a little bit about um, just like your recent updates since the video? Uh, about the car or about the channel? Uh, about the car. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, so after I converted from an R-Tronic to a manual, and for you viewers out there who are not familiar, R-Tronic means it's an automated manual, meaning there's a little robot on top of the transmission that ships the that actuates the clutch and ships for you. So you don't need to operate with a third pedal. And I converted, I got rid of all that robotic stuff and installed the third pedal, hooked everything up. And I also had to replace the shifter forks because the shifter forks were different in the Artronic versus the manual. Anyway, that's the context for the audience. And what's happened now is, yes, I'm trying to get the car track ready. I'm planning to track the car uh, when springtime comes. However, I am dealing with a rear main seal leak right now. So it's a 14-year-old car. Things break, of course. So waiting on parts, I also looked at the clutch too, and the clutch is about 50% worn as well. It's a lot of work I'm doing all, all in my own garage and my own home. So it's, yeah, it's might as well, I might as well just get a new clutch as well. So that's what's happening with the car. It's non-functional right now, but hopefully it will be roadworthy in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, so that's really cool how um you basically <laughs> had limited to no experience uh, working on cars up until um you talked about how you took a few classes and then yeah. you got the confidence to just do one of the most impressive builds i've ever seen <laughs> oh, like like people people like think of this stuff like oh it'd be so cool if i just bought like a, a cheap uh car with a automatic that has a great manual you know like like your audi r8 or uh, a 360 with a um automatic and then you just think of it. Oh, there's no way you could do that, but you you, you somehow you, you pull it off. So you, you're like the uh, the template of a. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's like I before this project, I had a very little experience working on cars. Again, I told Zach on the Spoken Tire channel that I only had experience changing oils. I changed my, out my my suspension, and that is main. That was mainly it. It took me a while to research, and also, yeah, I went to uh, community college classes to build my confidence up. And I think that's the big thing for me when I'm learning this sort of stuff, especially stuff that is uh, deemed very intense and, like, there's a high risk, high reward that comes into it. Like, if you're trying to learn and do it for the very first time on your own car, it you need to build that confidence and you know just educating yourself talking with other enthusiasts talking with people who've done it before in the past because i did not originate this this swap methodology i talked with other people and i did a lot of research 
and took classes to understand the basic mechanics of how a car works and runs and how you uh, fix them. However, after like a year, almost two years really of me taking classes, because I take classes at night, I work full time, by the way. Working on cars is not my full time job. Um, yeah, it took, took quite a while. It was a journey, but now I built up a confidence where I'm like, okay, now I, can, I just pulled my transmission out a week or two ago on the RA. I've never done that before on my RA. So I just pulled it out. I just took out the flywheel, took out the clutch by myself. I saved around four to $5,000 of labor already just by doing that. So it's, it's a good thing to learn a new skill and also save money too. Yeah. Did you just see so many builds that are half finished that people try to sell and it's there, there really is a, a huge risk of, you know, it's not a cheap, even the automatic is not a, it's a supercar, Audi R8. Mm-hmm. It's not a, so it's a big, uh, big investment just not monetarily and also time-wise. So it, it was really cool how you did that. How did you um originally get into cars and um eventually choose the Audi R8 to uh, have as a daily driver? Well, the Audi R8 is a, it's a weekend car actually for myself. So that's one good thing about, working on a car like this, I think that's a factor that a lot of people need to consider if they have a project car. You need to have a good basic foundation and get a have another way of getting to work, like doing errands. So I do have a daily driver car. And I actually don't touch that because it's a it's a lease by the way. So yeah. It's it's a Chevy Bolt, so electric car. Yeah. So it's it's fine. It runs. It's dependable. That's what I need. Cause otherwise I work on my project car. It's going to be down for months on end. It could be very stressful if you don't have another daily driver low car. So that's my, that's a good thing that I've set myself up because it, it took me a long time. And I've always been into cars since I was young, since I was like three or four years old. My parents used to buy me dozens of Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars. So um, always loved tinkering things, uh, figuring out things, and um, really, really got into the car scene, I think, like around high school and such, because again, the two big uh, things that really influenced me was like a lot of and it influenced a lot of people. It's a common story. It was like Fast and Furious with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, as well as my my friends. He he was into anime, and he 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 gave me like he told me like, hey, you should like check out this anime called Initial D. I'm like, what is this? And like then I found out about like this whole street racing scene. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. The whole tuner culture. So I used to be very JDM, Japanese domestic. Uh, and I think my my first real actual car that I was proud of to have because I had a beater car in college. So it's got Mazda sedan, 626 family sedan. I just had it and then got my first career, got my first job after college. Then a year later, got myself an IS300. It, and it was a five-speed. It was manual too. I wanted to... Uh, uh, manual because I wanted to I want to understand feel like the whole there was a whole new world of me that I, I was missing if I did not learn 
did not drive manual and and that was the car to actually learn manual on too so it was a fun car it was a very fun car so how did you learn manual on your first car did you uh you no know, was, was youtube around back then where you uh or it was you a just lot of youtube back then so i was very fortunate that there was a one driving school near my uh, local area that was offering manual lessons so i drove a i think a bmw 3 series with the manual it it was like two three hours that's all i i uh uh i bought the the time for i got used i got used to the mechanics of it and then yeah after a few months after that i found my five speed is 300 and test drove it picked it up and then um continue to learn driving on a manual especially on hills and all these <laughs> sort of things because that's that was how i i learned because usually these days, yeah, it's going to be hard to find a school that would do it. So you have to probably have to find a buddy who who has a manual and who won't mind you learning on it. Because, yeah, as a yeah as a new manual driver, you got to beat up on that clutch. It's, it's just going to be, it's just, it's a no-brainer. So find a friend that has a an older car who, who they won't mind. Yeah, I have a similar story of, uh, you know, how getting into cars growing up. Uh, playing Forza and Gran Turismo and yeah. watching, uh, you know, one of my favorite scenes still is uh, when uh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel pull up to that Ferrari and the, the yeah. yeah, it's like, how, how much is one of those? Oh, <laughs> more than you can afford, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you smoke them. Iconic scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to, um, one of my goals is to have a, a project uh, manual car eventually. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'll probably just follow uh, your lead since uh, having a a daily would, that that actually can uh, get you to work and not have to worry about you know a clutch or you know a gasket that leaking mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, because otherwise, like if it's a project car, you're like, okay, this is leaking, this is not working fine. You deal with it on the weekend at nights, but then you have to go to work on Monday. Yeah, uh, how did you um? How did you initially, like, what, what was like the moment that you said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, just figure out how to do this R8. And yeah, so I bought, yeah, like the moment was, so I bought the R8s during the pandemic. Like, was right it really these, high prices? Yeah, right before it got really super high. It got a little high, higher than normal, but then I was like, man. Like I was just working at home, I, I just want to do something. Like I'm like, okay, I was uh, in okay. a good financial uh, position, really, to be able to do it. Got it. I was looking for a manual too, but then the prices were insane. It was out of my price range. Was so, it like double? Not double, but it's like around fifteen k. At that point, it was like fifteen thousand more in premium. At that point in time. Wow. Yeah. It's probably like a, it's probably eight to twelve thousand premium now since you know, prices have depressed. However, in context during that time, demand was really high for any used car. Anyway, so I settled for the R Charnik. I, I read about it and was like, okay, oh, I will. I'll, I think I'll, I'll learn to live with it because I'll learn to love it because it's still a manual car. The transmission is still technically manual, but the computer 
uh, the robot shits for you. <laughs> and I drove in and loved it. Then like a year later, I'm like, I had the itch. And I was thinking, hmm, I do miss driving a manual because my my daily car prior to my to the pandemic and our uh my Audi R8 was a Focus ST. Nice. So, and manual. that was a manual. And I daily drove that, actually. I only had that car. During, it's a great car. Yeah, it's a great car. It's a, it's a phenomenal car, actually. I highly recommend that car to, to anyone if you're a car enthusiast. Just get into the Ford Focus ST. Don't sleep on it. It's a Euro car. It's actually it's an American car, but it was actually designed in Germany. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a great car. Gave me zero issues. I think I only had like one problem. I think there was a leaking a seal near the drive shaft, but fixed that. Anyway, I sold that car during the height of the pandemic, made good money, got into my daily driver, and then got into the Audi R8. I drove it for a year. The Audi R8 missed driving a manual. I, I really missed it because I really was, I was craving that engagement, that precision of that pre- precise level of driving that I was missing uh, when I was driving the R8 because otherwise the R8 was just a fantastic car. So I was at a point where I'm like, dude, should I, should I sell the car and get a new car? Which I think a lot more sane people will do. They'll like, yeah, just sell the car, get a manual and then you'll be happy. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fine. However, then, then I was like, since I live in California, you get taxed on any used car that you buy. So Unlike other states, you you could probably um, get taxed on the additional value that you you're buying on on your car. Like, say I trade in my car, which was worth thirty k, and I buy a car is worth forty k. I only get taxed on the ten thousand. It's not like that. So it sucked in California, and I was like, I didn't. I want to avoid the tax. Also, I just got the car. I'm like, shoot, should I, I, I wasn't quite ready to give up on it to, and sell it and find another car. So that led me down the path of, well, I still want the car. I want to avoid paying digital taxes now on getting, a, selling the, on getting another car, registering it in California. And that led me down a path of, wow, this Archonic, it's actually possible to convert to a full three-pedal gated manual. It it requires a little bit more work on it because you have to like take out part of the transmission out, like the and replace the shifter forks at the current um, methodology right now. And I was thinking, shoot, I have no experience in doing any of this. If I were to pay someone. It will probably cost me shoot. I I, I estimated like ten thousand in parts, five thousand, six thousand in labor, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. Uh, like that's a lot of money. And I was thinking, hmm, if I were to do this myself, I will save money on labor, but I will also learn a new skill. So there's there's like another way of me framing it because a lot of people I've seen on the, the social media 
uh, Instagram, also like the YouTube comments on that video that I was in with that. Then like a lot of people were like commenting like, man, this is not worth it. My time is more valuable. You should have just sold it and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, like for some people, that's probably true. But however, for me, I also wanted to learn a new skill. It was a great excuse for me to learn a new skill. Oh, yeah. It's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge, too. Like, what's life without challenges, right? So it's it's what I chose to spend my time. And so it became uh, a hot a question then became a hobby then became a, an obsession of i think i can actually do this i just need to ask the right questions find the right people build my network of experts who i can tap into and understand really what does it really take and the tools needed so yeah like and by the way i already knew that i want to work on my own car again number one to save money because the ra tax is a big thing Oil change on this car is like runs you around four to five hundred dollars. For uh, you do it yourself? Yeah. It's like, um, as well as, uh, you know, like be able to work on my wife's car. And if I need to work on my, uh, my daily driver, I could do that. I could like save tons of money. So I also invested in, in the tools needed to do that because I do have a garage, a two car garage that I could do all this work in. And a lot of people, I understand, they don't have that. Um, they may not have that um, ability because I wanted to work on my own cars in when it was, was in my 20s, but I didn't. I was just living in an apartment. So I was able to finally build a good base. I have like get a house and with a big enough garage that I could actually invest and do work in it. So it it's... Like what you saw, Charlie, was a culmination of my entire um, journey of building up my foundations. It, yeah, that was really impressive because um, just watching YouTube videos, you, you really don't, it's like watching like someone do your homework for you and you're never, mm -hmm. you're never going to learn anything, but you really got to get your just, just commit to it and you, you you're gonna learn when you're making mistakes figuring out where the, where actually um where everything goes and you, you mentioned the the parts being around ten thousand dollars especially since uh it was in the peak of like the uh, pandemic how uh how hard was it finding the parts and like the oem like tracking it down it, it wasn't that bad because it besides the cost effect it was no one was do, was doing these conversions because the knowledge to do those conversions conversions barely was barely posted was like a month uh, old, so people didn't really catch on to this trend until I think by the time I talked with Zach, by the time we recorded, uh, I know. I talked with a guy. His name's Johnny Brooks. He's the guy he, in Alabama. He he originated that swap method. I talked with him. He helped. He helped me a lot. So, like, I would say props to him to really help helping originate this uh, current method, as well as helping me out on my own conversion. But yeah, he he does this professionally, and he is by that time he already had two or three cars already converted. 
by the time the smoke entire um, video dropped. So things were snowballing. A lot of people were actually understanding that, hey, these Archonic R8s, you can actually convert these to a manual for not, it's not that bad, bad of a sum of money. 10,000 is still a lot for some folks. However, in this grand scheme of things for an RA for a supercar, you, you, you can, you have the ability to drive a supercar with a gated manual, either V8 or V10. So that is one of the things that is unique and special about that RA platform, the Gen 1 anyway. Yeah. One thing I was really impressed with, with uh, just from watching your video was how the shifting felt very mechanical. It was mm -hmm. all actual you know uh, aluminum and metal on metal it wasn't like a, a linkage that or anything like um you know drive like by wire or anything it was actually what you you need to feel for like a mechanical shift to yeah so like the spring tension and the uh, how the design was on point even though we still use shifter cables to connect it to the back of the transmission the design of the front shifter was yeah, it's a it's amazing. That's why a lot. That's why it still commands a huge premium. This gated shifter that no uh, no one's making anymore, except for I think Koenigsegg and with their uh, latest car, which is like okay, well that's that's beyond the price for most people anyway. So it's it's a pipe dream. And that was barely even a, a manual. It was it was kind of faking it because it has like nine clutches and yeah. It, um... So it's it's like it is a manual, but it's not like the old school traditional manual but i'm still i still i'm still glad that they still have it though so like you you can if you want you can shift things but like the shifting you'll control it but the shifting is actually by uh you send signals to the computer and the computer will shift it according to the position of your uh left foot as well as um the position of your your hands when you're shifting the actual shifter yeah yeah, how did um was there any moment where you thought that it, it was a uh, too daunting while you were already committed? What was there like a really uh really big challenge at a certain point? Yeah, when the car was taken apart for like two months, um, you're waiting on parts, you're waiting on things to come. You're like, you 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 ask yourself, you see that car just taken apart. Like the transmission, like half of the transmissions out. You're like, what will this car ever work? Actually, will this ever run? Because it's not only the mechanical parts; it's also the wiring. And frankly, I've never wired a car. Like I've never done like basic outside of like basic electrical work. I've never like looked at a wiring diagram, trace wires, and trace signals, and pin deep pin terminal uh connectors ever so it was also a mechanical journey but also electrical journey too understanding how things work electronically when you're trying to wire the um the clutch safety switch as well as the backup switch and as well as programming too so there's it's mechanical, electrical, and then you have to program the car, program all the different uh, computers to tell it that it is now a manual car. And I've never done any of that as well. I was like, shoot, like what, how, how will I ever do this, get this, uh, get this to work? But 
me knowing that other people have done it before was very reassuring. That like, okay, I'm not the first one who is trying this out for for the very first time. I'm probably not ever gonna be doing that because I'm a fast follower. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not well versed in the mechanical electrical programming of of any car to be able to like forge a pioneer and create a new ben- method. However, I can learn very fast, uh, technically, and I will I can then uh, uh, adapt and execute very fast. And that was you know, one of my main skills. That I think really helped me. So, how did you have to program it? Was it you had to go through the OBD and do anything yeah. with that? Yeah, you have to go through the OBD port. And there's a software, thankfully, there is a software that allows you to, it's an aftermarket software. It allows you to uh, program the, the bits of the, the settings for each computer. So you, yeah, like, and it's programmed via bits, right? You have like a series of bytes and then you have to program each bit to like flip on zeros and one, or like if you look at a byte, like say hex zero F or something like that, and then figure out, okay, what do you need to do to program it to to go from zero F to say zero B, which is another value in hex. So like, luckily for me, I was like, I've I've taken some prior computer science classes. I was not intimidated by that, but I could imagine for other people who are looking at these, these numbers, like, what the hell does it mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's more of like a, a rudimentary programming language compared to like, because because the computer it can only read uh, ones and zeros, and then you you make programming languages so that humans can actually yeah like, create. Yeah, anything. certainly it's not like a Java base, C plus plus base, or even Python. If it was Python, I would be like floored because like that's my, um, that's my profession profession too. Uh, program uh, in Python. Anyway, so that's that. Like, okay, I have to go to at the at the bytes bits level and have to research, talk with other people, figure out what well, well, what do these byte, bits and bytes mean? Because it's not, it's not documented. This is not well documented. You kind of have to just ask people who've done this before, who've had to reach out to like a technician who've done training at Audi, and they and Audi will tell somehow gave that technician like a book of bits and bytes to like, hey, here's your here's, here's your reference material that if, if you need to program something, here's how you do it. So there is like no official documentation. You just kind of have to, again, build your network and start asking people. And that, that was very crucial for me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that, that's honestly the scariest part. That is the scariest part. It's not the mechanical yeah. because you can obviously see if you're doing things wrong mechanically and then you can fix it, right? But then, if you break the software on your ECU, well, you're you're out of luck. You're like, you're like, okay, well, I just break the software. You now need to take the ECU and like go to the dealership and tell them, hey, can you reflash this for me? Because I uh, yeah, um, I, I messed up. And like, well, what what is this doing out of the? <laughs> I, I'm I do you think they would be uh, open to helping someone like that or? Yeah, you pay them, they'll they'll just reflash it. They'll just. They'll, they'll take it, they'll reflash it. It's just a simple uh, procedure that they do. They'll take a, the file and they'll reflash the entire ECU, but it, it will cost you hundreds hundreds of dollars at least minimum. 
to do. Yeah, I, I know some car companies, they don't like you tinkering with it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, you were able to figure everything out. Cause, yeah, like, like, that's one, one luckily thing is like this platform is, let's see, is more than a decade old. So a lot of people, a lot of hackers, a lot of tuners have figured out the the values and the software for 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 that ECU generation. So yeah, I was really uh, also impressed that you were able to keep the mods um, pretty drivable. You didn't you know put in a big open exhaust or crazy uh, stiff suspension, and it was, it was still able to um, be a a, dr a driver's car, but also um, you plan on tracking it. So, how um, what what is your home track, and what, what are your uh, plans for? Home track future? is living living in Southern California. There's like three main tracks, actually four. One is California Speedway in Fontana. Another one is Chuckwalla, and the uh, other two you may have heard of it, Button Willow and Willow Glen. So, those are. All those tracks were within like three or four hours from here. So I have a lot of opportunity to play around with the car. And I think that's where, like once I track the car, like I, I'm building the car where it is track worthy. Like it's not like a pure track car, but it's track worthy. And I've, once I've tracked it and I get a feel of the actual limits of the car, that will help me figure out like what is the build what's the final build I want for this car? Like, should I do a little more track focus? Like, okay, let me just install aftermarket seats, right? Lighten the car. Um, uh, let me try to see if I can install aftermarket sway bars and see if I can like increase the camber more so. Things of that nature. Once, but only once if I track the car, if I like it, I could get a good feel, I get a good feel for the car finally. Yeah, that's probably the best way to go about it instead of just this is what everyone says is the best. So you just buy everything and then figure it out. Uh, that's probably not the, that's, the way to. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a very expensive way to approach it. So um, I already did the major work in right because my shock absorbers, they were leaking like a year ago. And they're, they're known to leak for the already. Audi RA, they have these magnetic ride uh, shock absorbers that uh, by a design flaw that they prematurely leak. So I swapped them out with at the market, found a suspension tuner in, I think in Michigan or Wisconsin. Uh, shoot. He's up north, like central north up there. Like he he owns his uh, uh, Audi RA and his name is Scott Allman. He's actually, he used to be a uh, D Ford engineer, D Ford suspension engineer for the Ford GT. And he's worked on IMSA cars, NASCAR, Indy cars. So he knows a thing or two about suspension tuning. And he offered a package for the Audi R8 that will give you a better ride and better handling on the street, as well as the ability for you to click up a setting like you stiffen the setting up a little bit, and then now you're ready for the track. So, it's a uh, it it was important for me to find a tuner to, especially for a suspension to, to match the goals of the car of what I want. 
and that's that's the smart way to go about it. I'm just thinking of uh, my my future plans. I, I like I'm, I'm like watching your videos. I'm like, okay, this is like a good template of um, mm -hmm. how to how to really like think of like overarching goals. Yeah, because like having the fastest car is not as important to me as like having the most uh, drivable or the most fun car yeah. and especially i mean like you could have like a double clutch and be, have, be faster than manual but it doesn't feel as good yeah like me. again like it, it it's very personal very personal for everyone like what is it that you want to get out of your project car and do you want to be a track a, a super track car well then horsepower is not everything there's also suspension wheels brakes I'm also thinking, yeah, because after my clutch job, I need to also look into upgrading my brakes. I still have stock brakes right now, and they're, I've read, I've researched that they, they're not going to last after your first track day. They're going <laughs> to work. Uh, the pads and rotors? Uh, specifically the rotors, yeah. And of course, pads, you're, it's, if, you're, if you just want to do like a one random track day and then you're done with it, yeah, you could get away with your stock pads and rotors. Um, are you gonna get a new uh, a caliper as well? Not the calibers. Calibers are plenty strong. They're they're they are Brembos, so they're already good. They're they're pretty beefy. It's just you need you just need to get better rotors and uh, to do it right, you get track specific pads, and then you just switch them out whenever you go to the track, and then switch back to your street pads. Have you uh, thought of the logistics of like what a you just do it at your house, and then are you gonna drive it to the the track, and then you're gonna sweat sweat. A lot back. of people do like a lot of people do that. However, I'm also thinking about trailing the the car too, because a, a thing about tracking cars, it's it's pretty expensive. Number one, just for the admission fee, but also the wear and tear that you gotta put on your car, consumables, and that's brakes, pads, tires. And to a point, oil too, because once once you start tracking your car, you should start changing your oil, probably two to three thousand miles instead of like the five to ten thousand miles. Also, oh, the is there a transmission fluid for your RA? Yeah, there is transmission fluid, and then yeah, you should you should probably change your mount instead of like every three to four years. You probably could do probably two years now if you start tracking the car, because again, yeah, things. Uh, heat is the enemy of all of our cars, right? So once you introduce heat into your car at a more prolonged period, and it's going to be higher heat as well, you're, you're fighting against heat. You're like, that's the, that's the big thing. That, so you need to make sure that everything is dialed in. You have adequate cooling. You have good oil. And make sure to change that oil because all those additives will burn out eventually at once it's being introduced, once it's getting beat on, beat up on. So those are the things that you need to consider when you're tracking the car. And also I need to realize that if I if I were to if the car breaks on the track, well now I'm I can't drive home. And there, there is a, a risk too when you're when you're tracking the car. So I'm thinking, okay, now let's just rent a U-Haul truck and trailer and just um, tow it to the track. 
few extra hundred dollars. However, it's the it's like at this point you're buying insurance. Like I, I like to think about that. I'm buying insurance. I also need to buy track insurance too, because not a lot of people realize it's it's good to have track insurance because most likely your current insurance will not insure your car on the track. And of course, it's not only for you, but for the sake of other cars, if you run into a, another car, your car crashes, there's like say oil just being spilled on the track, you are responsible for all that cleanup. So you are li liable for that. So it's good to have insurance that will just take care of that for you. Do you have a, it sounds like you have a good experience or um, knowledge of the track. Have, have you been on track? Cars. I've done like a couple of track days and other cars, um, but not never with my own car, not yet. And it's just me researching, right? Because I take time. It takes me time to research and understand the the puts and the calls and, and the risks. Just like researching this manual swap, I had to research the risks and I had to research, is it doable? And how would I approach it to minimize my my exposure? Because again, if all else fails, I will be left with a non-running car, which will probably cost me twenty thousand dollars for <laughs> at the junkyard or something like that. Like it's that's that was my greatest risk. The car won't ever run again. Yeah, hope that uh, hope that you get some clean track days and that doesn't happen. After I mean, all the... Yeah, like it's all dialed in in terms of like electronics now. I just need to fix my rear uh, main uh, leak and get my new clutch. Went on my new clutch to come in right now. Did the clutch have wear when it was Artronic uh, before you even swapped it? Yeah, there's wear because it's still a manual transmission. Like the only difference is the robot shifts the uh, forks and actuates the clutch for you. I mean, it's uh, not like if you think about it, the robot will shift, will have the, will always shift better than your foot. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I, I I remember you saying that it was, I mean, I, I guess it was slow, so it's not like, you know, ripping gears. And it was. Yeah, like, like, like that's that's a different um, functionality of like, because it, it tried to be smooth, but then they overcompensated. Okay. So yeah. they slipped, I think they slipped the cut clutch too much and so it's slow if you're trying to go fast it fucks so however like most of the time most artronic owners will shift manually like on the on the paddles like this and they'll drive in spark mode meaning that the clutch actuation is actually faster and it won't slip as much did it auto blip for you uh, when you're downshift in Artronic, yeah, it auto blips. So it will just do rev matching for you. Now, once I went manual, there is no auto blipping. So it auto blipping for a manual was not around, wasn't, wasn't around that time. So only recently, like say in the, in 2010, 2012, where manufacturers would be offering like auto blips, especially Porsches. So I, I, I drove that Cayman GT4 2016 and it will auto blip for you. Like you, you uh, put on sport mode and like you just shift down 
and in auto blitz. So it's it's actually quite convenient. I was yeah surprised. If you're not a uh, trying hard, do you rev match every single downshift? Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's one thing it, I need to work on. Yeah, it's it, you have to do a lot of work now. So like the car, like a lot of people will be thinking like you're crazy because like now you have to do way more work on the car. That that's the that was the whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point. But hey, I have fun. I have more fun now driving that car. Well, one thing I want to talk about is also your your channel. It's really great how you um have a playlist of, you know, like step by step, of um, how you uh, like a guide basically. How did you um, come up with the idea? Did did was there any other uh, guides on YouTube? There was like there was one guy I think Johnny Bros the, the guy who I mentioned before. He had like one or two videos. Uh, he. He uh, just approached, he talked about the main thing, watch outs. I then took those and then I just um, added a lot more detail. And, the, and also these guys actually orig originate as just me documenting my own process. So I, I have something to refer later on. As well, if I happen to sell the car, I could show the buyers like, look, this is what I did. It's not some hack job that I'm doing. It, this is a legitimate process. You can see from A, A to Z how I did it. So it's not a, I did not weld any additional material into the transmission. I, I did not cut corners or anything like that. Like this is my build. Yeah. I mean, it's that pretty much a, an RER, like a yeah, manual RER. Yeah. And that's pretty much the, how you would do it. And a lot of people have. Um, thank me for posting these videos because it really helped them in their own journey too. Other RA owners, they'll be referring uh, to my videos as just a reference material when they they're knee deep into the conversion. Uh, that's funny how you're 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 like um a lot more. You think more long term. I would just like not to have any video, no documentation, just uh, figure it out as I go. Figure out as you go, right? Yeah. Very smart thing to do, to yeah. even just for your own sake to have the, the documentation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, your, uh, your channel has a few, uh, besides the guide, has a few. Um, you just upgraded your, your uh, wheel and I'm also working on some of the paint stuff. Yeah, my steering wheel, yes. I upgraded that to a Generation 2, a 2017 steering wheel. And it's good. It has a push start now because... Back then, the Gen 1 R8 did not have a push start, but now I found an aftermarket company that um, created a couple of modules that allow me to hook up the starter to their module, and then I could then uh, have push start. So as long as the push start works, the the radio button works, the volume and the airbags work, I was, I was happy. I was like, this is great. And it's a much tighter wheel. I actually really love that mod. So it's a nice steering wheel. It's a really well-designed wheel. And uh, is the steering still hydraulic? Yes. It's still high hydraulic steering, like true and true. Very old school power steering, hydraulic uh, steering. I think the Gen 2, the 2017 and beyond R8s, I, I think they are electronic steering. Maybe wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's electronic steering. Yeah. 
Yeah, one thing on the checklist of my project car is I, I think I, I want to have um, hydraulic steering because I've driven um, the new uh, GT3, and okay. it's it's very – it feels like it's doing a lot of work for you. Like, like you're, um, you just feel – so much more confident just because you know that the the computer that is like telling it okay this is where it needs to have more traction and, mm -hmm. and i i want to be able to like learn how to drive as good as that as a computer so yeah definitely have have hydraulic steering and um, a manual gearbox like what kind of car would you think you want want to get for your project um i was thinking an older cayman either a cayman R. okay those are still very good cars. Yeah. I know like RA it's a it's a much faster. It's like it's a it's like um pretty much as good as a car as you can get um, without spending like millions <laughs> or like having an actual race car. Like like I think like say over hundred K or something like that. Like the the V eight RA is you could get one a good one for like probably sixty to seventy right now. Um but yeah, a Cayman S is still a very solid car. So yeah, it's a good project car. Yeah, the, just tracking like my goals are just to become like a better driver and um like really like nailing um like a, a, a good baseline. Like not starting with like uh you know, people that start driving motorcycles, they if they get like R one as their first bike, they're never gonna yeah. like actually learn. It's just they're just gonna rev and never actually like have the foundation and the fundamentals to become a, a good um, driver. Yeah, that's why, that's why a lot of race car drivers, you know, they start off in the kart world and then they move up to like Miatas, uh, Boxsters. So you can look into a Boxster too. It's a, it's a good car to learn on as well. That's why I've heard. And honestly, for me, if I, if I ever have, if I have to sell the RA or something happens to it, you know, knock on wood, not gonna wood right now. I'm like thinking maybe I'll, I'll just get a, a a Miata and that'll be a, a track Miata and I'll have a lot of fun in in the back roads and the canyons. I'll be able to learn a lot on a track while trying to ring out the engine as much as I can. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I mean with the RA, if you ring out the engine, you're gonna be uh, doing a illegal speed. So. That's what. That's the thing. Like I. I'm barely, I'm barely having fun with RA on the street right now because once I start really having fun bringing that engine out, I, I have to, have to knock it back. <laughs> what's the, what's the top of uh, second gear? What, what top of second gear, it's a pretty short actually. You're probably gonna get maybe sixty miles per hour. I think. Okay. Second yeah, gear. and then by the time you're top of third, you're probably. <laughs> I'm at hundred twenty already, and then it's like, well, that's it. Like you can't really do much after that yeah it's a that's that's the thing right you, you have like the the 10 tenths and the the slow car or you have the supercar that yeah you can drive it like barely um rev it that's, out on the road but... and that's the thing like the people who are driving the v10s like yeah they have like the engine that everyone wants however it's hard to like really ring it out on the street without getting into trouble you have to take it to the track, like, to really enjoy the car. And that's why uh, I'm, I'm working towards taking the car to the track because I think that's where I can really have fun and, like, really push the car the way it's meant to be, like, not on the street.
because it's you know, it's just dangerous. It's just stupid. Yeah, well, I'm past the point where I'm doing really uh, dumb stuff on the road. <laughs> I already got I got a few. I mean, we we were all there, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm also really jealous of, uh, I, I was just in, uh, uh, Los Angeles, uh, last summer and I was able to drive a few of the, the roads, but man, it's just some of the best roads I've, I've ever seen and some of the best views and yeah. just like going up to the, through the, um, upper, uh, canyons and. Did you go up to Angeles Crest? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was more of a Northern Los Angeles. So, uh, all... so maybe Malibu canyons too. Canyons, yeah. So many, like, very, like, I just see the twistiest turn on Google Maps. I'm like, I I'm gonna go drive. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah. California has a lot of good roads, like, very, and it, they're beautiful. Like, they're very scenic. You can have twisties near by the ocean, or you can have twisties up in the mountains. Well, however you want, whatever you choose. So it's a, it's quite a treat to to be able to live in a climate that you can actually take your car let's say 10 months out of the year and, and yeah. drive. That's another thing is you don't have to worry about the salt job. No, <laughs> uh, salt is no, no rest. Like, exactly. So like, yeah, like I, I, I like to, I tend to drive the R8 like every month at, at the minimum. So if it's not being worked on and here's the thing too, Charlie also work like working on the car too. It's a good hobby. It's a good way to work with my hands because I, I rarely work with my hands. I work with a lot on the computer these days. And it's just very satisfying to be able to tell yourself that you've you physically accomplished something working on something with your hands. So that's that's a, another cool thing to do with cars. Yeah. And one thing that uh, I realized was um, I was originally a computer science when I was a freshman. and. I, I, I changed my major to mechanical just because I, I wanted to have something to show for myself and not just yeah. like some app <laughs> that no one's going to care about in like two years. But um, it's really uh, like it, working on cars is like one of the most rewarding things, and especially since it's becoming harder to get into. I, I feel like the last two years, the, you know, the, the prices and also mm -hmm. like uh, some of the like uh, regulations are um, it, it's, it's def I, I see people, I know why the prices are going up because people are starting to see that this is a, a dying uh, hobby and the people yeah, like want the like ice mechanics. Engines. Yeah, working on ice engines will, it, I mean, there, there will be, the profession still lives on. However, it, it, I agree for like in homegrown backyard enthusiasts such as ourselves, it's, it gets harder because the the way to get into the game is harder now because you can't you can't just buy a clapped out Honda Civic and do a K twenty swap on it. I mean that's still people still do that and so I uh, think it's still wicked. However, it's it's harder too, as prices have gone up for everyone, living costs. So and yeah, you know, this hobby has is what and always will be expensive. Mm. Yeah. So. Just like looking forward, I hope I hope you get to keep the car for a long time. Yeah, me too. You know, especially uh, since you live in California. Like, uh, there's so many things that I, I've really liked about California. Um, like, it, it just just some of the negatives. I, I really hope that you you guys are uh, going to be okay in the next couple of years with the like 2035. Uh, no more ice cars. Yeah, um, like uh, that's 
for me, that's just it's it's gonna get pushed back because there's just gonna be a lot of pushback from like various different uh, groups, such as the car industry itself, as well as uh, you know a good group of car enthusiasts who who are like, well, why are you forcing this down my throat? We don't even have an infrastructure to support like alternative alternative electricity it's it, that's the special interest that i i do not like uh, in california however the weather is amazing so that's why for all you people out there in the other states why do we put up with this well just come on by like charlie did and you'll just see why like why we put up with all this crap yeah i mean you get to live in paradise <laughs> like yeah, you get to live and every... get to drive your cars and go to the beach uh any basically any weekend anymore yeah and you have tracks like uh no i'm looking at lime rock and they're not even going to be open until like april there you go i have access where i am i have access to four tracks all within three or four hours of each other so that's that's telling you something about motorsports in california and you're not even talking about like the um the two tracks that I I'm more familiar with with um more in NorCal and uh Sonoma and uh, Laguna Seca yeah but those are um yeah I definitely will make my way out to uh Los Angeles again and try to drive some of the uh some of the great the great tracks again yeah spring summer is great so when you uh, drive by let me know we could um probably hit the canyons together <laughs> so uh, but, yeah there's one thing is um. Have you thought about like driving it to the track? Is like um, like you talk about having like a, a trailer to it, um, like just the the driving it is depreciating, like or like putting wear on yeah, it. Yeah, because like you're also depreciating your car too. So that's why like it's insurance. Also, it, it you know, I'm I'm saving the miles of, of my car for the track, as well as for my my fun time. Like if I just need want to drive. <clears throat> somewhere in the back roads and yeah enjoy enjoy the scenery enjoy nature <laughs> with the car yeah yeah i appreciate you uh agreeing to do this because you're uh yeah you're you're a smoking tire episode and also your, your channel is just like I, i've been wanting to do this and then like you've done it so it's it's like i'm just following in your footsteps at this point i'll, I'll eventually um once I start my new job, I actually got uh, ex uh, accepted an offer at Honda for oh, um, engineering. Thanks. So um, I'll eventually buy a track car and. Yeah, nice. Honda, uh, are you gonna be remote or are you gonna be? Is there a center where you are? Uh, yeah, the uh, headquarters for their R and D's in uh, Ohio near Columbus. Okay. So there's a few uh, I could drive to Road at America or um, there's a few tr smaller tracks around there, but yeah, I'll definitely um try to probably a boxer or a Cayman with um a manual definitely yeah like i mean these great cars to start off i think it's gonna be fun like yeah again my advice yeah just build your foundation like again that's my advice to anyone just build your foundation that took me well into my late 30s to be able to afford this hobby i would say so to speak and afford to be able to do this sort of stuff because otherwise yeah like i wouldn't be able to do any of this if i was still living in an apartment i didn't have a garage to work out in 
et cetera, et cetera. Because it can get expensive if you pay someone else to do all the mods and work on you. It's, it's just insane. Plus the labor. <laughs> yeah, it's the labor. Like you have it, all the information in your head, and you know you could you could. I'll just tackle this this weekend. It's it's just so much more confidence inspiring. Yeah, and yeah, and then again, like once you have your daily driver driver car, you can have a full project car, which you know you can work on comfortably, and you're not stressed that the car won't start Monday morning on the way to work. I'll, I was thinking of uh, trading it in, but yeah, that's probably a better idea just to keep my uh, my Honda. <laughs> it'll, it'll last forever, and if if the if the twenty-year-old Porsche goes down, I'll, I'll be able to drive it. Exactly, because like you'll be working on it, and then there's gonna be a gremlin in the back of your mind. And like working on your car, it always takes longer, like three times longer than what you ex- expect, right? Because you expect it to take three hours. No, it's gonna be a whole day. Because there's a bolt, there's a tool that you're missing. It's it's in an, in an awkward spot. Next spots now you need to like engineers some sort of way to like get to that spot or you, now you need to take out three other parts that you weren't aware that you need to take out all these things right they add up so yeah. uh you just made putting like thought in my head i need to get a lift for my uh, apartment that i'm renting <laughs> like, like that's why i got my uh, my quick jack so um i'm also thinking like maybe next year or two like i, I could get like a mid-rise scissor lift right even towards that and like and like that's that's really nice so now i could then have uh i could lift the car higher and i'll have better access to whatever i need to do with the car mm. yeah so future plans you're gonna track it take it around uh your local area, four tracks um do you ha- do you have any other um goals you have in the next couple of with the car itself, um, we'll see with the build because if it becomes more of a track build, then yeah, definitely new seats. I need to figure out new seats, like lighten the light, the weight of of the car. Um, You're gonna keep AC, <laughs> like there's yeah. the thing of uh lightening the car. There's so many things you could do that will just make it undrivable. Mm-hmm. Lightening the car will involve for sure uh, lighter seats. AC, I need to keep. And that's why it's like, it's going to be more track focused, but it's not a track car for me, for sure. If it was a track car, then it's, yeah, it's a total gut job. I would need to gut everything, like lighten everything, like no carpet, literally no carpet. And like no radio, get rid of it. Yeah, all these things, right? But I'm, I'm not at that level that I'm tracking like every other weekend. So we'll see. We'll see once with that because then who knows if I decide to keep the car in the long term also looking at saving money for in the next few years so looking at hey can would I supercharge it right yeah right so and I love naturally acerated just the uh the, the pure mm-hmm. sound and linear uh power but if you think it needs more power compared to um lightening the load how is how is the tracks around you? Are they more of a, a twisty, or are they do they have a lot of long straightaways? It's a, it's a balance. At least I know in Willow Glen and Buttonwell, it's a balance. Uh, I'm not sure about Chuck Wallet. Uh, Speedway, California Speedway, it's about they they have like uh, second gear or gear third gear 
turns as well. So that's the thing. I need to figure out the balance. Or I, here's the thing, I keep it naturally aspirated, but maybe down the road, if it, if it turns 80,000 80, miles, 100,000 miles, uh, I could rebuild the engine. Mm. How different is the V... Uh, 10 compared to the VA, like uh, swapping <laughs> and then swapping it. Have you thought of that? Yeah, I have thought about potentially swapping that too because that could also help with the power and help with the long longevity. Because the V10 engines are practically bulletproof. V8s, I've heard that the, the early cars, the cylinder walls are a little bit thin, thinner, so. By the time the car gets up to eighty to a hundred thousand miles, it may be good to do the engine out and, and rebuild that uh, engine. So, with the V10 swap, you're at, actually adding two hundred more pounds to the back. Ooh, okay. So the block itself is much more. Yeah, because like there's like two extra pistons, right? Yeah, two extra pistons in the back. So that's like all that is around an extra two hundred pounds, and if you care about the balance and tracking the car. Well, now you change the dynamic of that car quite a bit. For me, I hope to get there to be a, to be a good driver and notice that okay, there's the next two two hundred pounds in the back. It's different. I hope to get there, but who knows? That's these are all the big things that may happen with the car. Or again, if I know that I'm kind of done with like modifying the car as much as I want to, then I could drive it, I sell it, and I find another project car. Who knows? Or whatever. It's that's the that's where I'm at right now. Nice. Well you made all the right decisions so far. You haven't uh you you basically haven't ruined it like a lot of people would uh no oh, thank you. their first build. But yeah it's it's really a really great uh work that you've done especially for the car community your uh your videos so. yeah thank you Ho hopefully i'll yeah thank you hopefully i'll keep popping more of these videos as i work on my car it's again it's my own documentation but also it's it's good for other people to finally learn more about how to work on their r8s because as the car gets older they get more affordable so i know that younger people will be able to get into it and once you get this car, well, there's a ton of things that you can now do to help manage these costs versus just uh, dropping your car off at the shop. It can it could get really exp expensive and it could it could ruin you if you're not careful. Yeah, well, I hope to see uh, more videos, especially um, you uh, if you decide to track it, you uh, getting it like a GoPro or something to yeah show you drive and work out you know this is where it needs more uh, uh handling more camber or if it needs more power on this and then mm -hmm. going exactly so i i have like plan to like add some cameras and then kind of do more of a vlog type of style like hey come here that track here's how we'll learn after talking with my instructor here's what he tells tells me i need to do and how i do it so yes i'm gonna go into a lot of details once i track it nice well I appreciate you coming on, uh, taking the time, and uh, hopefully, uh, if I ever make it back, I'll shoot you a DM. But uh, I'll definitely uh, plug your uh, your channels and also the the video that you're uh, with Smoking Tire. But thanks, uh, 
Thanks for coming on, Mark. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Charlie. All right. Take care. Bye.